You're listening to the Savage Lovecast at savage.love. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Lovecast. You know, most weeks when I sit down to record the intro to the podcast, I wind up talking about something that's just not right. Something that doesn't sit right with me, something that's not right in the world. But I woke up today to record the intro for today's podcast and it just felt like everything was right, right for me personally, right in the world, nothing going wrong, everything looking up. And so, yeah, decided to keep this intro short because there's nothing for me to complain about. I really can't complain. Now, most weeks I say I can't complain and then I prove that I can because I do. But this week, nothing to complain about. So you know what? I'm just going to go grab Nancy and we're going to take some calls together because it's been too long since Nancy's been on the show. I love having Nancy on the show. That's one way things can keep going right for me today. So Nancy joins me. That's coming up on today's Savage Lovecast. Hey, John. I'm a 34-year-old female and I have a friend who's 34 and dating a 36-year-old woman. She recently decided to get a fertility test and it was determined that if she needs to have kids, it has to happen right now. I guess, you know, situation's pretty dire. So he's considering it. Now, they've only been dating for two months. They've never gone on a weekend trip. They've never even spent the night at another person's house or at each other's house or anywhere else together for that matter. Now, I think this might be rushing it when it comes to kids. I mean, I wouldn't advise marrying somebody that short a time. I mean, me and my partner did move in together, you know, within three months. But, uh, you know, it's not, you know, scrambling your DNA, as you would say. <laughs> I'm just wondering, am I a bit mean or harsh and saying maybe slow down, maybe think about this a little bit more? Um, I mean, I understand if, you know, for her time is of the essence, but I just don't want to see a good guy in a bad situation. Do you have any advice I could give to him? Fertility rates all over the world are falling below replacement levels. We're going to run out of people. And so the Savage Lovecast has been a natalist program forever. We are a natalist podcast. We encourage people to get as many randos pregnant if you are a penis haver and to get pregnant by as many randos as possible if you're a uterus haver. And so, of course, I think this is a great idea. The world is in crisis. I mean, we need more children. And your friend is is definitely the one who should get involved as soon as possible. With a woman he barely knows. He knows her very well. Two months, you really, you know, you can look into someone's eyes and you can look into their soul. And you, you know them and you know that it's, it's time to make a baby with that person. It, it's never a bad time to make a baby with someone. Um, and so I would urge your friend to do the entirely reasonable thing of shackling himself to this stranger for life by getting her pregnant. It sounds like a beautiful project. It does. What could go wrong? I, I don't see how there could possibly be any negative negatives stemming from this sort of impulse decision to create not just another life, but to create basically 
you know, the life of the woman, the life of the man, the life of the infant. There's also the life of the connection that's going to be formed between this woman and your friend, uh, your friend and this woman who barely know each other, haven't even spent the night in the same place, probably aren't even farting in front of each other yet. I think it's really important that people get pregnant, have a baby together before that first fart because that first fart can be disqualifying. So we are definitely very much pro this. The only negative in this whole equation is you, the caller, inserting yourself into this couple's, this future family's life. You're being an underminer here. Next question. Hi, Dan. I just turned 50. I am a heteroflexible woman living in the Toronto area in Canada. So I've been with my partner for almost two years. Uh, We've been friends for well over a decade. We have a very open, exploratory sexual relationship. He is my sub. I'm his dom goddess, and I'm loving every fucking minute of it. (laughs) And he also recently came out as bi, so we've been really exploring as play since I want him to fuck a man soon. So in this desire to explore more, I've been engaging in a lot of anal fingering and prostate massage. So I've been researching it and apparently there is such a thing as a prostate orgasm, which supposedly feels far superior to a penile one. They're saying it's sort of like a multi-orgasmic feeling um, similar to what a woman experiences if they are fortunate enough to experience it, that is. So given my propensity for giving him a lot of firsts, first time fucking his fantasy girl, first time making me squirt, first time sucking a cock, well, you get the idea. Uh, I would love to give him a prostate or what is sometimes known as a P-spot orgasm for the first time. So please bestow upon me your expertise on the matter. So, Dan, have you ever had a prostate orgasm? I have. And the hardest part really for me was the the, the two days of prep, the diet. Because um, you're not supposed to eat anything for about 24 hours before you have your prostate orgasm. Um, and in the 24 hours before that, you can only eat like bananas and white rice and toast. And then you have to drink this really awful stuff um, to just to clean you out before your prostate orgasm appointment which has to be first thing in the morning. So you can't eat it, drink anything on the day of your prostate orgasm. And so, you, you know, if you schedule in the afternoon, you'll be starving. It's sort of this like butt Ramadan. You'll be starving all day before your prostate orgasm procedure. And, you know, I, I found the whole thing distressing, but it was good that I did it. It was good for me. But it was mind-blowingly great, right? Yeah, it was mind-blowingly great. Kind of an all-body lady orgasm. Um yeah. That sounds better than anything I've ever experienced. Well, there's nothing quite that, that that hits those pleasure centers quite as hard as having polyps snipped off while you're asleep. So how can our dumb goddess caller help him through this arduous procedure? Well, the first thing to do is to uh, make an appointment with a gastroenterologist uh, and schedule the prostate orgasm procedure. Lay in the horrifying gooey fluids that'll flush him out that he needs to drink um, and go with him to the appointment for the prostate orgasm and accompany him home after the prostate orgasm. Because there's pretty heavy sedation involved, isn't there? Very heavy sedation. So while the orgasm is amazing, he's not going to remember it. 
As everybody knows, Nancy and I both love to dance, mostly ballet, a little jazz, some modern, Nancy taps, but between classes, rehearsals, performances, and auditions for community theater productions of a chorus line, who has time to get to the dancewear store? That's why we love Meotards. Every month, a new Meotard is delivered right to your door. Express yourself with classic colors and adventurous prints. Terry looks amazing in his Tom of Finland Meotard leotard. And you should see Nancy and her daughter jetaying down the street in their matching mother-daughter Meotard leotards. It alarms the neighbors, but Meotard leotards have helped heal their fraught relationship. And how do you put a price tag on that? Meotards has a great offer for my listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping on your first order of Meotards. Just go to meotards.com slash savage. Let them know the Lovecast sent you. That's meotards.com slash savage. Hi, Dan. I'm a 28-year-old queer woman living in a big metropolitan city in the U.S. I started dating this guy almost a year ago, and it's the best relationship I've been in. He is communicative, mature, vulnerable, passionate, and he makes me happy. He's 21 years older than me. I've never dated anyone that much older than me, and at first I didn't think it was going to go anywhere. I've always dated people my age who were like artistic and that I had long, passionate relationships with, but I haven't been in a monogamous relationship in a while. And honestly, the last few people I was in love with were just emotionally unavailable. So when I started dating this guy, he gave me an ultimatum and said he wasn't interested in continuing the relationship unless we became monogamous. I was hesitant because he also comes with some baggage. He has two kids with two different women. He maintains a good relationship with all of them, and he's a caring father. So despite my hesitation, I was falling in love with him and decided to call him my boyfriend. If it were up to him, we would get married and be together always. But he says the decision is going to be up to me since he's already lived so much of his life, and he wouldn't want to be selfish and take that away from me if I wanted to be with someone younger than him. I don't really know what I'm trying to say, but I think about the fact that I'm not as young as I used to be, and I'm now realizing more than ever that I actually want to have children and have a family, and this man will be willing to provide that. But I sometimes think about how our life would look as we grow older. Is it fair to the kids to have a father who is so much older than them? It's also going to be hard breaking this news to my mom that I'm dating someone so much older than me because I know she'll be suspicious of his intentions. I've heard her thoughts on older men dating younger women and this relationship is just not ideal for her. It's one of her two major deal breakers. I'm also a Virgo and maybe I'm just trying to make everything too perfect but I hate to think about the fact that if we got married then one day when we're older I might lose him and I'll be alone or have to start over. As a Sagittarius myself, I was in the privileged position of getting to ignore my mom's deal breakers around the guy or the person that I wound up with. That is something a Sagittarius can do. You know, your Typical. mom can have deal breakers that you have to honor if you're a Virgo or a Libra, but if you're a Sagittarius, your mom's objections you can disregard. Right. I mean, as a Virgo, and it really does sound to me... Wait, you're a Virgo? No. Dan. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Withdrawn. Oh, my goodness. I think you know somebody. (laughs) 
obviously, obviously, I'm a Libra. Oh, oh, you are a Libra. I am a Libra. So you had to honor your mom's deal breakers when it came oh, to picking a partner. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, we went through the list together, and ma- and I made sure that I w- would get together with a Pisces, of course. But that's anyway, why there's always been that kind of arranged marriage vibe about your marriage. Arra- well, arranged by the stars. I mean, the the ultimate arrangement. It seems pretty clear to me that you're boyfriend is a Capricorn and everybody knows that a Capricorn and a Virgo, it's just not going to work. I mean, it all depends on whether his house is in Leo or not, but the odds of that are pretty low. Uh, so I'm, I'm actually very concerned for your relationship. And ED issues. Uh, ED actually developed first in the Capricorn community and then it spread out into the wider community. Yeah. Something else that the caller needs to bear in mind about Capricorn males is they often have children by many different women and then turn around and demand strict monogamy from the woman they happen to be with currently. It's called Capricorn syndrome. Capra capture, some people call it. And it's something to be on the lookout for. Yeah, so I would advise you to go out and find yourself a good a good Leo. I, don't you think she needs a Leo? Well, I think she should just cut to the chase and have her mom go find her a Leo. Did you know that an estimated 95% of Americans will have sex before marriage? Don't let your daughter be a part of that disturbing statistic. It's like, you need to have a boyfriend to be cool. You know, if if you date in high school, it's like setting yourself up for divorce or practicing divorce. I don't need a boyfriend. I have my dad. Until the right man comes along who can take care of my beautiful angel, and shepherd her in the ways of the Lord, I'm going to keep on dating my daughter. That's why I gave her a purity ring from chastitybling.com. The yellow band fits her slender finger perfectly, and as long as she wears it, I know she'll wait. Because true love waits. 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 Thanks, Daddy. For a limited time, my listeners get 20% off their first purity ring and a free engraving when you go to chastitybling.com slash savage. That's chastitybling.com slash savage. Hey, Dan. I got kind of a weird question for you. I'm a cis male in the Midwest. In my 50s, I was playing with a female and doing some anal play. And uh, I thought maybe she was fingering me in the ass, uh, but I don't know, I'm not so sure. Is it possible for somebody to like insert something in your ass anally to give you like uh, HIV or cancer without your knowledge? And I know for sure it wasn't like a needle or a syringe or anything like that, but I'm just curious. I know I'm probably being too paranoid and I've probably watched too many TV shows and movies, but is that a possibility? Is it real? She clearly had the means. She had access to this man's asshole at a time and in a place where he couldn't see exactly what it was she was doing. He couldn't, maybe there was no light on, maybe he had a hood on and he was strapped to a bed or something. He couldn't see what she was putting in his ass. So definitely could have been a syringe, could have been anything. Uh, But did she have the motive? Why would she want to give him HIV or cancer. She's evil? She's evil, but uh, 
you know, Dahmers are rare occurrences and female serial killers are much rarer than male serial killers. The only motive I could see a woman in a situation like this having would be a large life insurance payout. Ah, yeah. So if this keeps happening, if she keeps... Lucrative. Tying you to a bed, putting mystery things up your ass that may be a syringe full of cancer and wants to marry and wants to take out a large life insurance policy, then you need to worry. But by then you'll already have cancer, so you might as well marry her anyway. Where do you get cancer juice anyway? It's the byproduct of prostate orgasm procedures, and you just have to know which dumpster. You know, like those dumpsters behind restaurants that they fill with grease? Oh, yeah. You just have to know which dumpster at the prostate orgasm procedure plant is the dumpster full of prostate orgasm procedure runoff. Does it say cancer juice on the... it, 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 It does. It has the biohazard signal. Oh, but you have to know the exact, like the number code, which I think is 43271. And you can always tell which one it is because there's always a bunch of uh, married women who don't look happy about being married gathered around the prostate orgasm runoff dumpster filling buckets. Is there anything that he can do to protect himself now that he's been infected with cancer juice? No, I think it's too late. He should marry the woman, get the, uh, take out the life insurance policy on himself because it will create... You know, from a utilitarian perspective, it will increase the amount of joy in the world generally, even if he has to exit the world to create that joy. In the final accounting, there will be more pleasure and joy in the world because his future widow will be in the south of France banging pool boys. Okay, guys, let me tell you about craptopics. I know some of you fellas are asking, how can I form complete sentences? How can I connect with women? And how can I keep my dick rock hard at all times? Well, guys, I have the nutrient formulation that will work every time. With big alpha dick brain, your testosterone is literally replaced with high-performance metasteel craptides that leave you ripped, and you will be able to remember everything. Now, this stuff is formulated using science by folks wearing lab coats in top-secret facilities, so please don't ask me where the shit comes from. All I know is that it works. I take big alpha dick brain screw topics every day, and guys, let me tell you, it just doesn't get any better than this. So if you want to get your shit hard tight, boost your endurance, and endure scorching hot sex with any chick you want, you got to get your hands on some of this stuff. And it comes in amazing flavors like green apple, boysenberry, and blue bubblegum. Guys, get on the big alpha dick brain train, or you're going to get left behind. Hi, Dan, Nancy, and the tech savvy at-risk youth. I'm a 21-year-old hetero male living in the Southwest. I recently got out of a serious relationship. We ended on good terms and still have so much love for each other. And I made the decision to break up because I felt afraid of commitment. I wanted to explore other people and be more independent with myself. Part of it was just that I felt very uh, young as well. And now about a month has passed and... I haven't found myself developing feelings for another person. How do I know when the time is right to date or be with someone else? I don't want to hurt the person that I have feelings for. I don't want her to feel like a rebound. And I also recognize that I still have a lot of the feelings of my past serious relationships still inside of me. I'm just wondering how to go about this. And I'm also just really nervous about starting something else with someone new. Rebound relationships never work out. Never. It's 
it's just social science. It's been, it's been shown again and again that they are destined to fail. What is going to happen, though, if you get into the relationship, get into a relationship with this new person, is you're going to rebound off them back into the relationship you were in before. Which is where you belong. It is. 21, you should be able to make a lifelong commitment at age 21. There's a whole lot of social science out there that shows that the younger you are when you marry, the happier you're going to be over the course of your entire life and the more stable your marriage is going to be. I think that the two of them, the old, let's not even talk about this new one because it's just, it's toast. It's not going to work. I think the ex and the caller should uh, get together with, she'll have her own therapist and he'll have his own therapist and then they're going to need couples therapy. And then the couples, the therapists that are representing each of them should get together and have their own therapy session to consult about the two. Strategizing. Yeah. It's important. I think you're going to need a team to help you guys to get back together in the relationship that you were both meant to be in. Your first love. Every relationship after your first love is a rebound relationship, and every relationship after your first love is not going to work out for that reason, which is why it is good advice. It's advice we give all the time in the show to never break up with anyone ever and stay with the person, the first person that you had a crush on. All the best relationships I know, people who met in high school, are still together. Or they met in high school, they broke up, they rebounded a few times, they bounced off a few people, walls, so wound sad. up back together. Yep. So call her. Go to your ex-girlfriend, apologize, tell her you are ready now, ready to commit, ready to settle down. You will be happier in the long run. And make sure you, you impregnate her. And, and impregnate her as quickly as you possibly can. That is crucial to lifelong happiness. Hey, Dan, Nancy, and the Tech Savvy at Risk Youth. I'm a female in my mid-20s, and I have a question about domestic work in a relationship. Uh, my partner and I have been together for three years and living together for a year and a half. We both work the same amount of hours for the most part, but I'm the one who ends up doing what feels like most of the meal planning, grocery shopping, cooking, and dish cleaning. When he helps, I usually have to ask him to do it, and even then, it can take several times of me asking. I hate nagging and often just end up doing the work myself and feeling angry about it. And that's the part that bugs me most. I don't want to feel angry every time I cook or clean up or, you know, any of that. I wish he would just take it into his hands to cook food for us or do dishes after dinner more often. I have brought this issue up with him many times and he is always very receptive, but it doesn't ever lead to change. I wish I was the type of woman who loved cooking for other people, but I'm not. I do enjoy cooking sometimes when it feels that I'm forced to or I'm taking an unbalanced share of the labor. It makes me feel like shit. Not to mention it reduces my personal time to do the other things I want and need to do. We both make about the same amount of money and contribute equally to home finances. I've even brought up to him how this issue makes me concerned to ever have kids with him in the future for fear that I would do most of the emotional and domestic labor. So how do I get him to contribute more to the necessary work of eating? Or do I try to learn how to just not get mad about it? I think she answered her own question at the end there. Which was? How to not get mad about it. And to appreciate the things you do have, which is a man in the house who enjoys your cooking. And is there to protect you and provide emotional companionship? I mean, think of it like having a, a large dog. 
You don't expect the dog to cook its own meals, but the dog is there in case somebody tries to break into your apartment to bark and bark and bark and scare them off. And cooking is fun. There are lots of ways to learn how to cook and and to enjoy that process, which is really what you should be doing. And to create more joy in the process, you guys could take a cooking class together. And what I mean by that, of course, is you go to the cooking class together and he observes while you learn to prepare more different kinds of delicious meals for him. When you embrace what you were, well, let's just face it, naturally meant to do, it just means that you're going to be happier in the end. And if he starts to cook or clean or does any of the child care? He'll be terrible at it. You'll end up having to do it over again. It won't be done to your satisfaction. So just just do it. Just do the cooking, do the cleaning, bear the children, raise the children, and let him do whatever it is that he's good at, which is, I guess, paying half the bills, which ain't nothing. It's half. I mean, when it comes right down to it, a woman is just lucky to have a man, any man at all. And you really shouldn't stand there thinking about, you know, what he could bring to the table or what he could do differently, how he could be better. It is your job to make him better. Men are fixer-uppers. You should spend less time criticizing your man in your mind and more time celebrating him. I do think the caller should really give some thought to why they even asked this question because they're just, they're focusing on the negativity, on what's making them unhappy about this relationship instead of thinking about the dick or whatever it is that does make you happy about this relationship. Think about the dick. Amen. And we're not going to do listener feedback here because this is not a real show. I mean, obviously. And quickly, for the record, friends don't let friends impregnate women they barely know. Prostate orgasms are the unicorns of butt stuff. Age gap relationships can work or not. Like so much else, it all depends on so much else. If someone put a syringe in your ass during sex, you probably would have found it after. Rebound relationships work out all the time. And hey, if it's not rebound, it's pre-bound. I'm not sure what I mean by that, but it sounds dumb. And if three years of nagging hasn't changed him, 30 years of nagging won't, and it'll drive you crazy. A very special thanks to Ben DeMar, Caroline Dodge, Miriam Gaster, Ross Lambert, and Christian Perroco. The Savage Lovecast is produced every week by Nancy Hartunian and me and the tech savvy at Risk Youth and Nancy. We will all be back at you next week with another very serious episode of the Savage Lovecast. Happy Arbor Day. Happy Arbor Day.